Welcome to the Random Wellness Podcast with your host, Nicole Van Quaito, nutritionist, owner, Simply Nick, and taco enthusiast. Join me each week for all things random wellness, including intuitive nutrition, entrepreneurship, holistic living, good vibes, and a dash of woo-woo. I hope this podcast gives you a good laugh, teaches you something new, and helps you up-level your health. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Random Wellness Podcast with myself, Nicole Van Quaitham. I'm so excited to introduce to you Kendall Merritt, the owner of Soul Saturations. Kendall is a sex and relationship coach and energy worker, and today we got into all of those topics. She is just so amazing at what she does, and she really makes talking about things like sex and communication and boundaries really approachable and honestly not very scary. Um, I never once felt uncomfortable talking to Kendall about any of this stuff, which is really amazing and says a lot about who she is as a person. So yeah, I really hope you enjoy today's episode. We get into some pretty um, serious topics around um, sex, sexuality, and relationships. So just be prepared for that. And yeah, I really hope you enjoy today's episode and please let me know what you think. All right, first hitting, hitting question. What is your favorite food? Pasta. That's a good one. Okay. I'm, I'm Italian, so it's my comfort food. Mm, okay. Are you a coffee or tea drinker? I love both, but mainly coffee. Okay. Favorite color? Mm. Gold. Gold. Ooh, I've never had that response. (laughs) Okay. Favorite place you've traveled? Uh, The Amalfi Coast in Italy. When did you go there? Uh, We were there um, in the summer. So summer of 2018. And it was, uh, we did Positano, Praiano, Amalfi, like, I could live in that water. I like dove into that water and I was like, oh, I'm home. This is great. (laughs) Mm. And we ate lots of great pasta and drank lots of amazing (laughs) wine. So it was, it was my kind of vacation. (laughs) Yeah, Like this is where I'm meant to be. (laughs) Yes, exactly. All right. COVID aside, where's the next place that you want to travel? Ooh, I have lots of places that I want to go. So something actually, I just kind of rediscovered slash remembered that I wanted to go to this place um, is the Canary Islands. So it is owned by Spain, but it's kind of off the coast, close to Morocco. So it's like, it's, it's beautiful. Check out the Canary Islands, look it up. They have vineyards and wineries and like all the things. So do they have pasta? I don't know. We'll find out. I would assume so, but who knows? <laughs> information we need to know. Um, okay. Favorite book, blog, or resource? I always like leave it open-ended. Is it like a recent book or like favorite book of all time? Whatever you want. Oh, that is a really loaded question. Or like favorite author? Oh. Mm. How about... <laughs> I like to make it challenging. 
Mm. Well, a book that I just got that I'm super excited about. How about that? We'll throw you for a loop. Um, This is a great resource for women looking to connect with their sexuality. It is called Pussy, a Reclamation. Okay. I will put that in the show notes so people can find it. It's great. Um, Mama Gina, she cracks me up. She's just got this fucking hilarious and like just she's just good really amazing energy so she's a great resource for people looking to explore their sexuality okay well I feel like with that name too she just sounds like she would be awesome <laughs> I know I was like I would hang out with you she like yeah. just got engaged and she's like she's yeah she's so cute love it all right well I'd love to get to know a little bit more about you and your business so can you share with all of us what led you to the work you do today and actually what that work is Yes. Oh, I love that. So my name is Kendall Merritt. I am a certified energy coach and a sex and relationship coach. And my business is called Soul Saturations. And so we saturate your soul and maybe even your bed too. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have a couple of different businesses actually, but to really lead with Soul Saturations, she is this beautiful entity that has really been a part of my journey for my whole life. So when people always say like, you're, you're a what? And I say, oh, I'm a sex and relationship coach. People will either lean in or they get highly uncomfortable, which is a really interesting response. And whatever your response is, is absolutely perfect for you. It's just something to honor, something to notice and something to acknowledge. And so when I think about how did I become a sex and relationship coach and why would I even want to make that my life career? A lot of times people, when they start this conversation, they're looking for like this big life event. So either something that comes from inspiration or desperation. And for me, really sexuality was something that I was always curious about. I was always fascinated by it and interested in it. Now, reflecting back on my life, of course, some of the most impactful experiences in my life have come from sexuality and relationships, from navigating my parents' divorce when I was six, to my mom being in really emotionally and physically abusive relationships, to I actually ended up getting pregnant in high school. So when I was a freshman in high school, I got pregnant and I put my daughter up for open adoption. We have a beautiful relationship now. I've had my own journey of awakening and my spiritual awakening and navigating really toxic and unhealthy relationships to putting in some really hard boundaries and really getting crystal clear on what I wanted in a partner and a relationship and really calling in that soul partner for me. So that was really the catalyst for me to do this work is I saw really like both ends of the spectrum of what relationships could look like of like really unhealthy and not satisfying to actually experiencing something that set my soul on fire. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like I know that there's so much there and I know the power of sexuality and how it creates our confidence. So before I started soul saturations, I was an executive coach. I was a corporate brand strategist and public speaker and trainer. And so as I was in my corporate career, I was coaching executives and leaders of these huge organizations and they 
most of them had the belief that if they were to pour into their career, if they got the next raise, the next job title, the bigger house, the fancier car, that their relationships would just work. And most of these people, their relationships were hanging by a thread. They were completely disconnected from their sexuality. And sex was something that was a physical act that they did to fulfill a need. And I knew at the core that there was something more that I really needed to experience. And so combining my partnership and my relationship being completely burnt out in a corporate career, looking at my past relationships and experiences, and looking at my daughter saying, you know, she's 15 years old and for her to grow up with a different perspective of sexuality and to remove the shame and the guilt and some of the associations that we grow up with based on society, family, and religion, that was really the catalyst. That was like, okay, I got to go all in. And I was actually coming home from a corporate work trip when I was like, I got to do something. I know it has to something to do with sexuality. Don't know what it's going to look like yet. And I had a, a divine download of like soul saturations. And I was like, oh, okay. And I like jumped on Instagram to see if the name, the handle was available. And it was, and I was like, this is cool. Like soul saturations, like, oh, it's seductive. It's juicy. It's delicious. It has all these different layers, but it's rooted in that soul element that I so deeply believe in. So that's kind of been the evolution and the journey of just pouring into really looking at sexuality from a number of different lenses. So from the sacred sexuality, some of those more classic esoteric traditions like Tantra and Taoism to really understanding the scientific research that exists today and what it looks like to experience pleasure from a whole number of different perspectives. Um, and then of course, integrating how I coach and being an executive coach, I'm about let's integrate action and start to give some really tangible tools to make your sex life the best that it can be. But it's not just about sex as the physical act. It's so much about how do you activate that light within you? Mm, yeah. If you could expand to on that, like sex is not just a physical act. Can you like go into that a little bit deeper for people who I like myself too, like, right. Like we all grew up thinking it's just a physical act. So if you can yeah. explain that, that'd be awesome. Yes. I love it. This is one of my favorite kind of entry points to start to think about sexuality in a different way. Mm -hmm. So uh, being an energy coach, I think of everything as energy. So our sexual energy is at our core. It is our innate creative life force energy. And so if we think about it, like when people have sex, that's where the sperm meets the egg and there's that point of inception and life. And so it's that life force energy that exists, but it is also how we radiate our natural essence in the world. It is our self-confidence. It's our self-love. It's when we can connect with that sexual energy, that's when we get to actually meet ourselves. And that's something that I think is so powerful because sexuality and sexual energy to me is the bridge between the human experience and the spiritual experience or the universe or your consciousness. So whatever you call it, that's really where it stems from is connecting this energy together. And so when we start to look at sex as more than a physical act, we can say, okay, where can we start to look at and recognize the energy? 
another thing that we like to do in this human experience is we like to classify things as good or bad, right or wrong. And so the way that we were raised with our the idea of sexuality is that it is something that is innately bad, or if we're doing it, it has a lot of wrong or that shame or that guilt that is associated with it. And when we look at it, it is the most natural and innate human experience that we have. Our sexual desires are natural and normal and something that can be celebrated, really. So if we look at instead of sex as the physical act that's focused on a goal, a, a means to an end to reach that end need, whether that be um, orgasm or procreation or whatever that desire is, if we can stop and say, okay, this is an energy that gives me confidence. And so a way that I like to look at it is, if you take a moment and you close your eyes and you stop to tune in and you say, okay, when I hear the word sex, or sexuality? What are the things that I think of? What are those societal beliefs? What? How did my family teach me about this? How did I hear about it in school? What was my first sexual experience? Or maybe what are some of the stories that I've heard about sexuality or movies or TV or all those things? When we start to think about that and we think about it as this box of your sexuality or sexual perspective, Sometimes that can feel really dense and really heavy because there's a lot of stuff associated with it. But if you were to stop and say, okay, if I know that this is energy, this is something that is natural, it's a part of me, it makes me who I am, and you could remove all of those different beliefs, all of those past experiences, religion, family, you name it, society, all the things, well, what do you desire that energy? to feel like. And that's where people tune in and they're like, oh, I want it to feel free. I want it to feel warm. I want it to feel really like a cozy hug I've heard. And it's just, it then loses a lot of that, that density and it can become something that is light and flows within us. Yes, I love that. And I love too that you talk about, you know, like the shame and the guilt that a lot of us have growing up. And it does, I'm assuming, start at such a young age. Like, I think about it, I went to like a Catholic elementary school and I know I'm not the only one, right? It's just- 13 years of Catholic school, baby. <laughs> yeah, like, and it, it was interesting because where I grew up, um, there was a Catholic elementary school in my hometown, but in order to go to the Catholic high school, you actually had to travel quite a long ways. And so half of my friends did and the other half went to the public school. So I, it was kind of funny because we all, I feel like we're in our little like bubble in like Catholic elementary school. And also we went to like the middle school, high school with all these other kids who have already been in like the public school system. And we're like, what is happening? Like we had, like, we were so naive. We're like, what is, like, what do you mean we're going to like dances and we can like actually like touch boys? Like what? Like it was- Don't crazy. leave, you like leave room for the Holy Spirit, like your yeah. middle school dances. Ugh, yeah. yeah. So like, can, yeah, you talk a little bit more about like how childhood experiences specifically can impact how like women and men feel in their like adult life with sex and sexuality? Yeah, I think it has, you know, how we were raised and what our perspectives are have so much influence over how we think about things. And so I like to think of them as 
um, energetic anchor points really. And so if you can start to identify what those anchor points are and where they come from. So an easy way, I mean, it's maybe not easy. It maybe is more simple, but not easy is to, to really start to think about and say, what were some of those first experiences or memories that I have with sex and sexuality? Where did I start to learn about it? Um, a simple thing is a lot of times when we talk about when we're raising our children, we say, oh, those are your private parts. Don't touch your private parts. Those are something you do in private. And so that's kind of like innately starting to induce shame and guilt of like, oh, it's private. But it's also not giving a child the tools and the knowledge to protect themselves from a non-consensual experience, right? So if we look at the anatomy, the female anatomy, right? And we look at a vulva, a clitoris, a vagina, your vulva is different than your vagina. Like being able to say, that's your hoo-ha or that's your private parts. We're not arming our children with the knowledge to say, if something inappropriate happened, they don't, they don't know to say, somebody touched my vulva, somebody touched my vagina. Like they don't actually have that knowledge. So to be able to honor the fact that this is your body part, this is something that is sacred and beautiful and something to be honored and celebrated, then we can start to remove some of that, that shame that starts to innately come. So whether that's private parts or even if you start to think about family experiences and say, okay, maybe you got caught masturbating because guess what? When children are exploring their bodies, they're curious. They want to know what it feels like. Um, and it's a very natural thing for children to start touching themselves at a young age. And it's nothing that should be shamed. It can be something that is, again, okay, we love that you're exploring your body. This is definitely a natural occurrence. And the way that you speak to your child will start to identify and start to shape that perspective. So um, masturbation is a great example. So masturbation is a normal, natural human desire for both boys and girls, men and women, like whatever you identify as, it's a natural desire. And so what most people do with masturbation is it's something that they have to hide. So it's something that they have to hide guess what? They're doing it anyway. So for all you parents who are listening and think that your children aren't masturbating, that that's a beautiful illusion. Um, but it's something that children will do and they hide it. And so what that actually does is when we start to look at society and I'll use the male body as an example, most little boys, when they masturbate, it's something that they do behind closed doors. They do it really quick to make sure that they don't get caught. And so it's this hard, fast, like high intensity experience that leads to ejaculation and a quick finish. And so as that will then shape and move into their sexual experiences, that's their association of pleasure is like hard, fast, quick finish. So then they're moving into and they're having sex if you're we're looking at a more heterosexual relationship, if they're having sex with a woman, women's bodies experience pleasure in a different way than men's bodies. And so 
it's their, the men's perspective is like, oh, I have to go hard and faster reach this orgasm, which also orgasm and ejaculation can be two separate experiences in men. And so it's then this thing that continues and continues. And so when they are maybe in a hetero relationship and they're sleeping with a woman and she's like, this doesn't feel good, or I want foreplay, or I want to ease into my pleasure. A woman's body takes about 45 minutes to fully open to our fullest pleasure capabilities. And if you think about the average time spent in sexual intercourse from the time of kissing to ejaculation is often less than 21 minutes. Um, actually I think it's less than seven minutes, but three times a week is like 21 minutes. So on average, the statistic is that people will spend 21 minutes per week from the time of kissing to ejaculation, having sex. And so if you look at it from the kind of shame and how that as a child has started to shape, it's like all those perspectives lead into adult life. Most couples, most people who are, even if you're in a casual dating experience, having a conversation about sex is scary and uncommon for a lot of people. And so, you know, that's a big piece is to say, because we didn't talk about it, because we weren't armed with really like solid holistic perspectives of sexual education, it shapes the way that we have conversations as adults. So if you were maybe talking about sex as a child and you were asking questions and it was like, no, 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 this is inappropriate. You can't have this conversation. Well, you maybe carry that belief with you. So that's where as an adult, you can start to say, what are these energetic anchor points that I have that I believe to be true and starting to say, okay, is this true? Is this something that I want to believe? And how does it make me feel to believe that it's true? If it's not in alignment, again, remembering the human experience, it's not right or wrong, good or bad. It's just maybe something that's different than what you want to continue your belief to be. So that's where you get the opportunity to choose a new belief and make some action steps, like having a conversation with your partner on what are your sexual desires? What are the things that turn you on? What are your turn ons and turn offs? And being able to really use that as a foundation to deepen your relationship together. Amazing. Well, I feel like I just learned so much even in that <laughs> little bit. Um, now, like you said, it's really important to have those conversations with your significant other. How do you suggest people like approach their significant other to have those conversations because it can be really challenging at any age especially I feel like too when you're like a young adult like that's just something that like like if you heard like a guy this is like what I think if you heard like a guy in high school or like early early college be like yeah I asked my girlfriend to have this like really open conversation about sex they'd be like my friends be like you're what? weird what do you do you know what I mean so like totally. I'm assuming just carries into adulthood. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. And that's something I'm really passionate about is how do we give the next generation the tools to have a really healthy sex life and like something that is soul centered and really honoring of themselves. And we've got to raise the current generation to think differently about sex too. So starting that conversation is always something that is kind of intimidating. So I think first off is just 
honoring the human experience, honor the fact that the conversation is uncomfortable as fuck. And that's okay. Like to be able to say, Hey, this is kind of an uncomfortable conversation and I'm not really sure how to approach it. And I feel like it's something that's really important for us to talk about. So I think that's the first step is just acknowledging the fact that you may be uncomfortable and that's okay. Um, the next piece that I recommend is to really reflect on it. So many times we just like jump right into these conversations and we haven't even taken the time to say, well, how does this impact me first as an individual? So I think especially with our sexuality, it starts with us as individuals and our experiences and our pleasure and our current associations before we can confidently interact with our partners. So reflect for yourself first. And I like to give people kind of three lenses to look at that self-reflection. The first piece is to look at what's the purpose. So why? Why do you want to have a deeply intimate sexual relationship? Looking at what the purpose is of it. Why does it exist? And really get into that higher vision, that higher purpose of why it's important for you. The next piece is to look at what is your intention? So how do you want to go about this sexual experience? How do you want to talk about it? How do you want to have the conversation? How do you want to be perceived as an individual? How do you want to be perceived in your partnership and in your relationship? Um, really looking through all the different sensualities that experience of like, what do you want it to look like, sound like, smell like, taste like, feel like, all the things. And so really getting into those intentions will allow you to start to think about the third lens, which is what is the impact? What are those final results? What is it going to provide for you if you think through all of those things? So when you're reflecting on your sexuality, okay, What's the purpose? Why does it exist? What are my intentions? How should I go about it? How do I want to go about it? And what's that impact? What's the desired results? Mm, okay. So those are questions that you first ask yourself. Is that what you mean? Yes. Before you actually approach your significant other and have yeah. that. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So I would say it would start with you know, honor the human experience, honor the fact that you're maybe uncomfortable, okay. reflect for yourself, look at those different things, because then it has, then it carries a little bit more weight. It becomes something that you can really understand and see the whole perspective. And then when you're going to approach your partner saying, Hey, I want to talk to you about our sex life. I know it's kind of an uncomfortable conversation, but it's really important to me. When can you make that a priority? And schedule a time to have that conversation that's outside of the bedroom, that's not when you're getting ready to go to bed. It's like schedule some time and go for a walk or go to lunch and sit down and have a conversation in a space that you feel safe and comfortable to be able to go in. And as you're having that conversation, Number one, listen, right? Because this may be a really intense conversation. It's bringing up, again, our whole lifetime of past experiences. Mm -hmm. So listening and coming from a place of radical compassion and just saying like, okay, I'm going to love you through this conversation. And that is going to, to, 
to make your relationship that much deeper and that much stronger. And it's okay to just acknowledge where somebody's at. And this can be a conversation that maybe happens over two or three conversations. It may take a lot of time to start to uncover some of those things. And once you get more comfortable talking about it, it can be that regular part of your relationship communication and something that you pour your energy into and it can be that priority that you focus because then you know okay this can be a priority in my relationship because i know the purpose i know the intentions we've clearly communicated how we're going to go about it and i know exactly what it's going to provide what that impact is on myself and on my relationship Mm, love that that's beautiful okay actually segues nicely into one of the things i want to talk about which was communication and relationships and not even just about sex I just think like general communication like relationship is it's it's hard it's like it I feel like it's something that you have to like almost feel like focus on as like an individual like you mentioned in terms of like having that conversation about sex but just like how you actually communicate because it's so easy to be like that person's in the wrong or like I, I don't yeah. like what they're saying. Really, you could also be coming off like maybe not very approachable, not communicating your thoughts properly. So what are some tips that you have for communication just with relationships in general? Totally. Well, the process of purpose, intention, and impact is applicable in relationships, in your family conversations, in business, all of those different things. So Uh, That's a really helpful tool to be able to reflect on your conversations overall. Um, And the next piece is with your communication is just to know, again, like communication is hard. It does take two people to show up and to listen. And so when we talk purpose, intention, and impact, a really powerful thing to think and break down is, first of all, what's the difference between intention and impact? A lot of times we can have these conversations with our partners. We can have great intentions where I'm like, oh, I'm going to express how I feel and tell him what I want and all these things. But the way that we say it, maybe the impact doesn't land. Maybe the impact is that he feels like you don't value what he's been doing or he's not pleasuring you or there's all these other things. So that's why the self-reflection piece is so important to ensure that you can both come from a place where your intention matches your impact. Mm -hmm. The other thing in relationships is we're human. Like you're going to say shit. You're going to fly off the handle. You're going to get pissed off. Mm -hmm. Honor the human experience. And so sometimes people will say things. And so to always assume positive intent, right? So just because somebody maybe, and especially we do so much communication by text messaging or email today, maybe somebody says something and you don't actually know what they meant by that. So instead of taking things personally and like overanalyzing and obsessing and nitpicking instead just say hey you sent this message or you said this and I know your intention wasn't to hurt my feelings but the impact was is that it it made me feel a little bit upset can you tell me what you actually meant by this or can we spend some more time talking about it oh totally I like Mm -hmm. to think of an example that's like kind of funny because it's like not even like something that's snippy but like when I first started dating my husband he would put okay as like a response in a text message and I was like 
you dick. <laughs> and then it was so funny because um, one of my close girlfriends who I actually met through him, <laughs> they're really good friends. And he's, she's like, I hate when Brendan responds with, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not just me. Like I was dying laughing. Oh. And I was like, I literally just straight up asked him like, be honest, like when you use that, like, are you like annoyed with me? He's like, no, not like what? No. Like I was just like, what? like, that's a perfect example. <laughs> like the very first time instead of like months of being like, oh my gosh, is he annoyed with me? Like I would have just avoided that from the get-go. Like it was all oh. in my head. It wasn't him at all. Exactly. That's where that like assume positive intent things save so much anxiety and stress and worry. And like, it's okay to think about things and analyze things. I'm a total Virgo. So I like get in my head and analyze stuff, but it's when you take it like again and again and again, and you become obsessive over things and you like hold on to things and you know, men are very linear in their communication. So like they focus on what the priority is, what the most um, impactful thing. And it's very linear in nature. Whereas women, we tend to communicate in a more circular motion. We can see the whole picture. So a perfect example is um, with my partner, if he comes home from a day of seeing patients and he's hungry. I may be in the kitchen cooking dinner, getting ready for dinner. He comes home, he drops his backpack, he drops his keys, he drops his shoes, like leaving a trail as he's walking into the house. And he goes right into our pantry, opens the pantry and goes snack, 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 snack. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm cooking dinner. Like, by the way, pick up your fucking shoes, put them where they go, put your backpack in the office, put your keys in the key basket. Like, and I see all the things and it makes me a crazy person. For him, he's like, okay, I know she's cooking dinner, but I'm hungry right now. So I'm going to get a snack. He, that is the immediate priority. He's hungry. He wants a snack. So he's going to go get himself a snack. And then in his mind, he can pick up his stuff and put it away and then sit down and eat dinner. But so that's a little like illustration of like, okay, men are linear in their thought. We see everything where I'm like, oh my God, the kitchen, the house, the, 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 everything. So it's just something to be aware of when we're communicating with our partners. Okay. Even that example alone was like helpful for me. I'm like, oh my gosh, everything just makes more sense now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, a great question to ask is what if there is a good reason for that? What if there's a reason why he's going into the cabinet to look for a snack? He's probably hungry. Mm, I love that. Okay. Like, I feel like anyone listening to this like episode is going to be like, well, light bulb moment. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, one last thing that I want to chat about too is setting boundaries. And I feel like this is very relevant right now because a lot of people are spending more time with their significant other in quarantine. So can you talk a little bit about boundaries and how to set that in a relationship, especially if you're around them a lot. Oh, yes, boundaries. Boundaries is one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, actually, I run a group coaching course called Activating Your Relationship Potential um, with my good friend, Heidi B. And it's the first week in our four-week coaching program that we talk about because boundaries are so important. And when we hear the word boundaries, 
again, tune in to that energetic anchor point. What do you believe to be true about boundaries? So for me, when I first started thinking about boundaries, I was like, oh, boundaries are going to make me really lame and rigid and da, 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 da. I had all these ideas that I associated with boundaries. But when we can start to look at a boundary as, and choose our perspective as something that a boundary is really positive for ourselves and for our relationships, that's something that allows us to create flow. And so another way that I like to think about boundaries is setting a container for different things because transformation happens in containers. And so when you can focus your energy, so imagine you have a glass full of water. If you didn't have the glass, the water would spill everywhere. It's the same thing with our energy and it's the same thing with boundaries and in our relationships. So for instance, you may both work from home. That's a common experience where you're both spending a lot of time together. And so when you can start to look at the boundaries and again, reflect on why am I setting this boundary? What's the purpose? What's my intention and how I want to go about communicating this boundary? And what is the impact of setting this boundary? What is it going to provide for us? So for instance, if you're both working from home, setting a boundary around maybe your work day and interruption. So when Matt and I first started working from home together, we would be working in the same space and he would be in the middle of sending something and he'd be like, hey, babe, can you read this email? Hey, babe, will you look at this? Hey, what about this? Hey, I'm talking to this person. Oh my God, this. And I was like, shut the fuck up. I'm trying to work and I would lose my shit. And so we had to get very clear on setting a boundary around our time and our space, mm. so whether it's working in different locations, whether it's saying, hey, we can work in the same room, work in the same space, but I need the next two hours without interruption so I can maximize my efficiency and my time. Let's set a time that we can check in maybe partway through the day or at the end of the day where we can brainstorm some things together and help each other. Now this works for us, we're both entrepreneurs, we both have our own businesses, um, but being able to first reflect on those boundaries of why do you need to set them? What's the intention and how you wanna go about setting them? What's the impact? But when we start to look at boundaries as that container, that gives us flow. And so when we spend so much time together, one of the challenges that I've seen in a lot of relationships is the, the intimacy part gets kind of lost and skipped over. You get just kind of caught up in your daily routine and like the, the glamour of getting dressed up and going out for a date night kind of goes out the window. And so looking at your calendar and really blocking some time to be able to say, how do we make our relationship a priority and make sure that we're pouring into that container so that it can create more flow? So maybe it's like, you know, let's spend one night a week or two nights a week where we don't have the TV on, we're not watching a movie, and we're just eating dinner together and having some really beautiful conversation. Then we can get into your physical relationship. And so how do you still prioritize your sexual relationship, your physical relationship. And so that's something I work with a lot of relationships on, uh, couples on, is being able to schedule uninterrupted intimacy. Now that doesn't mean sex for orgasm. That means just like, let's spend some time to really honor each other in a physical, 
intimate relationship. So blocking a couple hours, I say at least once a week is a healthy time to do so. Also boundaries around your self-care and time to yourself of like, we have literally spent eight hours 12 hours, 24 hours together, I need some time to myself. You know, I would love to be able to have an hour, two mornings a week for me to have my own meditation and like journaling practice. Would you mind like going for a walk outside or going into the other room so I can be in the bedroom? Because depending upon what you're uh, kind of quarantining COVID situations look like you may not have the opportunity to go outside and go for a walk, or um, you may be stuck in a one bedroom apartment. And so it's like, okay, maybe one person goes in the bedroom and one person goes in the, the living room. But being able to say, hey, you know, when I can have some time to myself, it allows me to center my thoughts again, we're targeting the purpose, like it allows me to really center my thoughts and I can come from a place that's more calm and centered and focused to show up as the best version of me for us. You know, in my alone time, I would love to have the intention to just journal and meditate and have some quiet time to reflect. And I really don't want any interruptions because the impact is that when I can have this alone time, I'm going to want to spend more time with you. So that's a way that you can kind of communicate that as setting those boundaries. So one of the things that we teach in our Activating Your Relationship Potential course is a formula that is so, so simple. So it's identify what you're feeling. So if we're talking about maybe you're spending too much time together, you're feeling overwhelmed, you're feeling frustrated, identify the feeling. Then identify what you need. So what do you need? I need an hour of alone time two times a week. So identify what you need. And then the third part is communicate it in the simplest form of the truth. Right? So I'm feeling really frustrated and overwhelmed. I really would like some alone time. I need one hour two times a week in the morning so I can start my day and, and honor my morning routine. That's, that's actually like so amazing and so helpful I think during this time because how easy is it whether your entrepreneur is working from home or your job just got moved to being remote like the work slash like just general living like just kind of blurs like a lot of the time it's like okay yep wake up work okay well I can still have my computer in front of me in the evening and then we just kind of end up watching you just end up watching tv and then like during quarantine, like, I don't know what day it is at this point. Like no idea. Weekend, I don't know. So I love that idea of like actually scheduling it into your calendar. Like, okay, maybe even if it is at home, like Friday night, we're going to have like an at-home date night so yeah. that you don't have that blurring of like work and life. Cause yeah. I'm like, right now for sure. Especially with like our time change too. It's like with like the lighting changing, like I feel like I'm like lost and I like know what time of day it is sometimes. <laughs> like really. Yeah. And giving yourselves, and that is a really common thing is like, I don't know what day it is. So giving yourself something to look forward to each week or like thinking about like, okay, what's a new recipe that we can try cooking together or coming up with some new and exciting thing to give people the opportunity to look forward to oh, in two days, we're going to have date night. And so that's a, that's a, um, I guess a pushback that I get when, when I'm working with couples and they're like, you want me to schedule sex? Uh, 
I'm like, yes, I want you to schedule sex. I want you to put it on your calendar. And so when people say like, oh, but don't, isn't that not going to be fun? That's not sexy. Like I'm going to have to have sex with somebody. No, change your perspective. Oh, I get to, I get to have this scheduled uninterrupted intimate time. And it's something that I can look forward to. And then you can build up and you can tease. And maybe you are in the other room and you send a little sexy text message that says, hey, two days until our uninterrupted intimacy time. And then maybe you'll get lucky and get a little teaser before your actual scheduled uninterrupted intimacy time. So love that. Well, I just want to thank you so, so much for being on the podcast today and also just how you make talking about sex, relationships, communication, just Mm. so approachable because like you said at the very beginning, it can be really scary to talk about any of these things and you do it in such a beautiful way. So I just want to thank you so much for joining Uh, today and sharing all of your wisdom. Well, it is absolutely my pleasure. I'm so, so honored to be able to share. And if people have questions, you know, I'm a totally open door, such a safe space. You can find me on Instagram. You can send me a DM. You can send me an email. Um, And with my, I actually have a podcast as well too. So Soul Saturations, the podcast. Um, And I do kind of monthly question and a um, podcast episode. So if you have a question, there's a link that you can submit it. And I answer the questions anonymously. So it's just a great resource to be able to tune in and say, Hey, I had this question, but I really don't know if I want to ask it. Know that there's probably a hundred other people out there or a thousand other people out there that have the same question. So it's okay to have the courage to ask it and we can do it in a totally anonymous way. Yes, I love that. Well, I'll make sure I link to your podcast and all your amazing resources so people can find you and connect with you. But yeah, thank you so, so much for being on the podcast today. Yes, it was absolutely my pleasure, Nicole. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. And don't forget to join the conversation over on socials at Simply Nick Nutrition and online at simplynicknutrition.com. 